Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang. The Kane Gang radio show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. It's your boy John Michaels. Dirty Bird with us as well. Co, where is Co? What's, what's he doing this week? Well, I'll tell you what, I got a picture from him about an hour ago, and you know okay. who he used the picture with. Who's that? Mario Cristobal. Of course he was. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> so what's no, he doing with Cristobal? Is he just hanging out? Is he well, out of t- Miami? Well, tonight's the Hall of Fame banquet. So, oh, you know, he's right. up there. You know, we're putting Cleveland Gary in and uh, a couple other guys. Like, I think uh, Jack McClinton's going in tonight. And, you know, uh, it's a double class for the uh, for the U going in. So he's down there with uh, with our guy Vic and, you know, uh, J.D. DeBoss and all those guys. And uh, they're, uh, you know, of course, they're hanging out doing the Hall of Fame thing. But, yeah, of course, before the event even starts, you know, he sends this picture and he's, he's sitting there, you know, in a, in a, in a blazer with, with Cristobal. And Cristobal's there with, you know, his suit and the Miami tie on. I'm like, look at this guy. Guy, man you know <laughs> i was i was just happy i i got to dap up coach at, at you know when he was walking in and i'm like you know he's he was walking into the uh to the spring game and i said you know i got to give him a hey welcome home coach and he looked he said thanks and he gives me the fist bump and i was like oh my gosh yes and you know here's co already had you know two straight on conversations with the guy you know <laughs> dude co is a people's person that's why we love him he can talk to anybody uh sometimes that can be at your detriment because lord knows i can talk anybody's ear off <laughs> we do the show and usually we end up sitting on here for an extra hour we're just oh. chopping it up having a great time we got a lot we'll get to it throughout the duration of the show obviously what happened in the spring game um lot to take from that which is really good we got to get into the samarius mem stuff which is some of the funniest <laughs> things that have happened on the internet you know we don't wah, like wah, to, wah. Yeah, we don't like to take too many shots at fsu okay yes we do and their idiot fan base and reporters and everybody else they look so stupid with egg on their face and of course they tried to turn it on us we'll get into that talk about what's going on with the baseball team tough weekend in virginia tech last week they did bounce back against bethune and then we want to have some fun we're gonna get into some of the top fives we've always talked about doing this so i want to do this week bird so you got time to think about it because i'm kind of throwing this on you as we get the thing going Top five games you've actually attended. So the best games you've attended in person. And I think between the two of us, we've been to a lot of really good Miami games. Uh, We could do that. We'll maybe spend a little bit of time talking about the heat with the playoffs that are going on down in South Florida. But let's start. I got to start with this Amarius Mims thing. (laughs) I guess I'm a little bit closer to it living in Georgia. And I know Rusty Mansell of 24-7 Sports really well. So he was the first one that it kind of came out when Amarius Mims hit the transfer portal that it was going to be a Miami or a Florida State battle. And I think the words that were used were NIL was going to become a huge, huge part of this. And then all of a sudden, Amarius Mims, it was supposed to be a Wednesday in Tallahassee and then Thursday through Sunday in Miami. We kind of thought a week ago, maybe it was a fait accompli, he was going to end up being a Miami Hurricane. But, Bird, the way this played out, granted, he went back to Georgia. The way that this thing played out for Miami fans is one of the funniest moments in the history of a Miami fan. Man, wasn't it sweet? (laughs) You know, I I look at it like this, man. You know, um, 
you know, FSU just kind of, you know, they, they blew it, man. <laughs> you know, like they, they, they played it right. Right. They knew that, uh, that it was announced that he was going to come down here and he was probably going to be down for the spring. And I think they, they went in there and they did everything in their power to stop that visit or get themselves positioned in there early. Um, but you got the guy on campus, um, you know, you almost scared him off, right? Like he went out and I mean, I know he had some, some personal tragedy, which, you know, thoughts and prayers to, you know, the, to, you know, his, his college teammate or excuse me, his high school teammate uh, who lost his, uh, who lost his life. And I think was one of his closest friends. So that, uh, that sucks. And those are terrible circumstances. Um, but, you know, he kind of came out and he, he took one look and he's just like, look, this transfer portal isn't for me. I'm, I'm going back to Georgia. You know, I kind of liken it to, you know, you think back to the movie American pie, right? <laughs> right. And you remember when, uh, when Jim's in the room and he's got Nadia in there, you know, Oh, and like goodness. he's got this beautiful girl in front of him, and he just couldn't. He just couldn't finish. He, he finished too soon. Yeah, he has. He finished way too. That was Mike Norvell. When American <laughs> Jims gets out of the SUV, and Mike Norvell gives him the hardest oh, handshake. It was almost like he had met. You know, I don't know. Like he had met the Pope. He was so happy to see him. I liken this to a guy on Tinder, and the girl <laughs> swipe right, and you matched. And you go, all right, I'm going to go on the date. And when the girl actually got there to date, Florida <laughs> State being the girl, but Florida State being the guy, Marius Mims being the girl, Marius Mims looks around and goes, oh, my God, I got catfished. This guy's a cat pod. Uh, he's a little bit broke. You know, oh, man. He's, he's, he's driving a car with a spare tire on it in a raggedy one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> you think about it, You go from the national championship program, which is right here, the University of Georgia, and I don't know how many people have been to Athens. I don't want to give them a verbal hand job, but I will. It's amazing what they've done with the facilities there. You know, it's a campus that's Athens is, is the University of Georgia, and that's it. There's nothing else up there. But to go from that to the poverty program that is Florida State, I guarantee Amarius Mims looked around. I'm sure he got to look at some of the kids that he was going to be playing alongside, watch some film. Now, don't get me wrong. Tallahassee's got great talent when it comes to women. Not going to knock that. It's a beautiful place. But I guarantee he looked around and goes, I can go from national title game to no bowl game. Why in the hell would I want to make that move? Yeah. And I mean, I mean, look, and it, and it seemed you got to look and, and see that they're, they're scraping money from their fans, you know, 10 bucks a month to, you know, to, to, to go towards their, their NIL collective, which, that that can be a whole episode in itself if we talk right. about the collectives and how they work and just how how crazy that whole scenario is, right? Um, but I think he kind of looked at it and said, "Man, I've really got it better over here." So you know, yeah, we didn't get the guy on campus, um, but <laughs> you know, I think they did the job of of scaring the kid off, man. But and the the funniest part of all this, and we live in a digital age, and we both work in media. You know, do the show here on SiriusXM. I, I work in Atlanta media as well. And, and and understand that being first isn't always the most important. And we've seen guys like Adam Schefter. Like Adam Schefter made a huge mistake putting his foot in his mouth about Dwayne Haskins, the tragedy that happened on 595 where he was killed, where he put out the very insensitive tweet about um, his career being a bust while announcing that the guy had just passed away. Oof. War chant who long time has been one of the message boards, the go-to message board for all the Florida State dorks, is they really, like this is, a, this is a way to lose your website forever because I think on Thursday night, might have been while we were recording the show last week or maybe Friday night, I forget, 
they put out the tweet. It was Friday night because I was coaching high, uh, seventh grade basketball. They put out the tweet that it's it's done. Amarius Mims will be transferring to Florida State. And Miami fans were losing their mind. And then you find out that that wasn't the case. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's kind of amateur hour on our, on our end, right? I mean, look, th- let's not take away from the kid's talent. The kid's a, a day one. He steps on, on the field. He's a, he's a starter for us, right? right. You know, I, w- I, won't, I won't say anything stupid like some people will, like, oh, the kid wouldn't be a take. You know, no, look, he's definitely a take. Right. But, you know, you, you see that the vision of the staff here, and Cristobal in particular, is much bigger. Because while everybody's flipping out about Amarius Mims, here's Cristobal working on Akeem Mesidor, who right. – could possibly have a bigger impact uh, on the team this year coming up. I mean, that kid is a dominant uh, defensive lineman who is a immediate day one contributor here. So he's, you know, he's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers and they're worried about, about Mims, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> I, I am too. And he's already brought in a Jonathan Dennis. He's already brought in a Sagapolo who's going to be your, one of your starting guards, most likely. So you brought in some trench bullies. I, you know, and Mario's not done. And we'll talk a little bit later on about some of the kids that are still sitting out there, linebacker prospects, you know, you went to the spring games. So we'll dive into what happened there, how that was like the atmosphere, everything else. But the Florida state, I mean, just, the idiocy of their fan base. And and there's some of them on social media that I laugh at. One of the guys is a radio producer somewhere in West Palm. And he, every Miami post he's on there telling us about what Miami can or can't do. Lubby. Yeah. That Luby. Luby. whatever, uh, what he doesn't <laughs> know could fill up a stadium. Cause he always <laughs> is telling what Miami is and isn't what we can't do. Whatever. Stick to producing radio. You have yeah. a big Noel guy that uh, I found out is now a short Irish guy. Yet he has a picture of Kendrick Perkins. He always is running his mouth about Miami. Mm. They're always doing stuff. And to see them doing backflips that Amarius Mims had committed and then having to backtrack and then uh, immediately, Bird, you got to love this. When they turn it and try to put on, well, you guys didn't get a visit. What the hell do I care? My yeah. websites weren't reporting that he was coming to the school. We just heard we were getting a visit. That's it. You know- you know what I would liken this to? And it's almost that Miami and Florida State 10 years ago, and, and we're switched roles now, right? Because they were they were going in, you know, they were locking down Jameis Winston, who, you know, even though he had, you know, had some trouble off the field, uh, was unbelievable on the field for him. And, and Dalvin Cook, you know, we're still having nightmares about how he torched us. And, you know, just, just the, the way that the program was. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, that was that was a, a, a championship-headed program. And, you know, Miami was going the other direction, man. We were losing footing, but, you know, we were out there and we were beating our chest about things that didn't matter. And right now they're beating their chest about things that don't matter. And we're like, hey, we looked in, we're, we're locked on, we're locked on winning right now, right? And, right. you know, we're locked on, on 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 fixing the issues that we've had. And it's almost overnight, um, these teams have, have flipped roles <laughs> and I'm all about it, man. <laughs> I am too, because boy, those shallow victories used to suck. Oh, oh my goodness. When we would have, oh. we'd sign or we'd get a, a commit. I use air quotes when I say commit. We'd get a commit in June. And by October, he's decommitted and gone somewhere else. June, and I'm not talking about Manny. I'm talking about back with Al Golden. It's, oh, we got we got this guy coming in. Or even with Manny. Oh, we've got the number one class. Those, those things don't matter until signing day. Shallow victories are what happens. And I always like him, Manny Diaz. Like, he was the greatest coach from January till September. When the actual games hit is when we had problems. January to September, 
he got me to buy hook, line, and sinker every year. The new Miami. We're going to be great. We're making T-shirts. Awesome. We've got new rings. We've got chains. And, again, I like the chains. Florida State's going through that right now. Like, the only thing they have on us, and it's it's almost – I could write out – remember the line Eminem had in, in 8 Mile? He said, I'm going to take a pencil, write something down, make it suspenseful because I already know what you're going to say about me. Right at the end of 8 Mile when he's talking to uh, – B. What was the other guy's name? Uh, Papa Doc. Papa Doc, like, yeah. Yeah, Papa Doc, you're going to – that's what the Florida State fans have turned into right now. Every tweet about Miami, well, you haven't won an ACC title. Whatever. Um, you, you live in a rented stadium. Again, how many people in the country rent their apartment every week? What does that matter? We're in a state-of-the-art place. That's their only response, Bird, that they have to us right now. Yeah. So, bonus question, what was Papa Doc's real name? Oh, in um, Clarence. Clarence and Clarence went to Cranbrook, and that's a private school. Yeah, and Clarence parents <laughs> had a real nice marriage. <laughs> Have you ever seen the outtakes? Have you ever watched the outtakes from Eight no, Mile? Oh, I didn't know they were available. So go on YouTube. Yeah, oh, when man. the show is over, you want to go on YouTube. The Eminem, uh, it, it's like the Eminem rap battle outtakes from Eight Mile. So I mm. guess the way that it was originally supposed to be set up. Eminem was allowing, I guess, a lot of these local rappers in Detroit to just roast him. And in the movie, he's supposed to act like he's rapping, but he's actually not saying anything. I guess it was some of the auditions. Well, some of them got so personal where Eminem goes like, turn my mic on and just starts obliterating people in only the way that Eminem can. (laughs) I think it was on the end. It was for the bonus part of the DVD. And this, again, dating myself with DVD. Uh, going back and watching that, it's some of the best stuff that people have never seen. Like, you realize what a genius Eminem is. And I yes. think one of the girls he made cry because he roasted her so bad on stage. <laughs> Needless to say, she did not have a part in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We could, I would definitely see that, man. <laughs> so, that's oh, again, man. that's what Florida State Florida State's fans have turned into Clarence, uh, Papa Doc from 8 Mile. We know what you're going to say about us. Keep our names out of your mouth. Worry about donating 10 bucks to rising spears. (laughs) Worry about your team singing happy birthday, you know, to, uh, to recruits that aren't even going to come to your school. Oh man. It's so cringeworthy. And and that is what makes it so nice that Mario's our coach. The the best with that video, the happy birthday was, uh, was, was my guy Sebastian's pub who went and he took the, we are the world. Oh my goodness. We are the children. And he put that to it with the with the graphics of with FSU donated son. That's probably out of all the troll stuff that I've ever seen. That's probably the greatest thing that I've that I've seen, man. I so showed shout that out to my guys in Atlanta. I literally showed that to my guys and they thought it was real. I said, Do you see this crap from FSU? Uh, and I had a ball with them. Um on Monday when Amarius Mims it was announced he was going back and we came on the air. Uh, we're doing our show and, you know, we do the story talking about college football. And I said, who wants to go play for the Mike Norvell? I said, who wants to play for that dork? And cause that's what he is right now. He's, he's a, he's a wannabe. He reminds me of Manny. He reminds me of Willie Taggart and it couldn't happen to a nicer place. (laughs) No doubt, man. No doubt. Uh, but you know, I mean, look, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, man, I don't think I've ever been as confident walking into a season as we are, uh, you know, going against them, uh, you know, coming in this year, man. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that team played at its absolute ceiling, uh, last year. Um, you know, they got a lot out. I'll tell you, Norvell did pull a lot out of those guys and they, they were in a lot of games that they shouldn't have been, you know, but you also lost to an FCS program. So, 
you know, enough said. And and look, your roster, I don't think it's any better this year than it was last year, right? I mean, you're losing, you know, Jermaine Johnson, who, you know, I actually think the world of, right? I think he's going to make a tremendous pro. Um, you know, but he's out of there. I don't think the verse guy is anywhere close to a replacement no. uh, for him, even though they're saying, oh, he's, he's the same thing. No, he's not, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year, man. That's uh, that's for sure. Well, and that that's the most Florida State we'll talk about for the next uh, hour and a half of this program. I can promise you that much because we're we're done having fun at their expense. But when we get back, we got a lot we're going to dive into. I want to talk about spring game because you were there and yep. some words that came out from Tyler Van Dyke that should have Miami fans ecstatic about what this year is going to be. We'll be back. It's John Michaels. It's Dirty Bird. We're here. It's Kane Gang Radio live on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuela Pola. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuela Pola. Tongue of Iloa. To a nigga Manuela Pola. Tongue of Iloa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information like your social security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva contra la caballota, la reina y mi cuyo. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. And we're back. 
Kane Gang radio show here on a Friday, Sirius XM channel 145. John Michaels, give me a follow at John Michaels U on social media. Dirty Bird with us as well. That's Dirty Bird on social media with three Y's. What, 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 how did you come up with the three Y's? It was just the original Dirty Bird was gone. Was, yeah, of course it was, man. All those, all those Falcons guys out there, man. I think, uh, I think Jabal Anderson might have the, uh, might have the original one and, and rightfully so. Cause that's, you know, that's, that's the owner of the Dirty Bird. And, and actually, I mean, you know, we're, we're both Falcons guys, man. I, you know, I, I worked for them back in, uh, 97, 98, 99. Um, so that's kind of where the name came from. But, uh, you know, look, uh, you know, with Sebastian here, right. And, uh, you know, with the Canes, I said, ah, you know, it's, it's probably a good way to, to keep dirty bird, man. Cause that was my fantasy football team name for forever. So it's just kind of became the, uh, the name as we went here. So. Yeah. I had, I had to change my Twitter name a couple of years ago. I used to work at an old radio station. Uh, unfortunately got let go from there because originally it was John Michaels, nine, two, originally it was John Michaels, seven ninety, which was the first radio station I worked at. That one went out of business. At the time, oh. I wasn't a verified account, so I, I moved over to 92.9 here in the ATL. So I was John Michaels 92.9. I got a verification from Twitter, and for you know when I got let go from there, I go, man, I don't want to change my name because when you change it, Twitter strips your verification. Really? Oh, yeah. Long story short, I, I get hired at 680 The Fan, where I work at now, and I was like, I can't be John Michaels 92.9, our competitor, working at 680. And I go, I don't want to use the call numbers anymore of the station I work at just in case, you know, hey, five years from now, I leave 680 and I go to 560 WQAM. So I just, I said, I'll go John Michaels U because everybody knows I'm a huge Miami fan. And that was the easiest way to go. It took me almost a year and a half to get my verification back. Begging, oh. pleading, because uh, Twitter <laughs> had stripped verification for a long time because they were tired of giving it to too many people who really didn't deserve to be verified. Not that I really deserve to be verified, but I went through the process and got it back, and here we are. Uh, so we got to get you and Coast some verifications here before too long. Yeah, it's it's coming, man. I've been I've been trying to put it together. You know, we we got in the uh, you know the the Key Mizador uh, commitment uh, last night for us, right? Hmm. Uh, yeah, there there was some people in their feelings in, oh. in West Virginia. <laughs> I'm oh, sure you goodness. saw that. There was a guy in there who's who's, who's you know just I, I guess he's a I don't know if he's a reporter, but I know he works for the TV station up there. He had like 92 followers and had the blue check. And I'm like, dude, how did how did this guy get the blue check with 90 followers, man? You know. So here, here's the way some of the verification works. There's a whole bunch of there. You can actually apply for a verification on your phone. I, I forgot where it's at on the Twitter app but you could go through and apply for one and a lot of it has to do with have you had stuff posted by other sites so what's crazy is almost 20 years of radio that got me denied for a verification they were like nope doing a national show on sports map radio nope that got me denied writing hmm. for state of the u which i love cam and his guys over there doing writing for them and being able to link an article from state of the u that's what got my verification back. Wow. Okay. So, you know, if you write for a website or write, write for something, that's the easiest way to go about it because I'm not sure that they find a way to verify that you're on the air. Like there's a couple of guys, I can work with Joe Hamilton. Joe yeah. Hamilton finished second in the Heisman <laughs> yeah. in 1999. He's not verified Stop. and cannot get verified. It's, wow. it's the dumbest thing ever. But oh as you God. talk about, there's guys with 92 followers uh, that blog out of their mom's basement and they've got a verification check. <laughs>
that, that's wait, you, wait till we see Luby from FSU get a uh, get a uh, get a verification, get a blue well, check. All the hot takes that he's throwing out there, he's begging for a verification or begging <laughs> to get blocked. I don't block anybody. Like the only way I'll block somebody on social media is if you're racist, if you send yes. too many political tweets because I don't do politics at all, or you talk yeah. about my wife or my kids. That's it. Oh, yeah. Everybody else, I mute and I let them argue with themselves, so they have no <laughs> idea. So you were at the spring game. Yeah, you had a chance to go. What was the crowd like? What was the atmosphere like? What was the reception as the boys ran on the field? Well, you know, the reception was great, uh, you know, from the half-filled stadium that was there, right? So oh, I think first off, out. well, you know, I, I think what they did is I think that they they were expecting so many people that they mm-hmm. capped it and they tried to get everybody tickets. So, you know, a lot of people like went on and they scooped up tickets. I mean, there was people that had like four and eight and 12 tickets and it okay. was one or two person show people showing up. And I think that's what killed the attendance thing with us. Cause um, you know, both the end zones were empty, both the, both the, the sides with the stands uh, were really full. Right. I mean, you know, those were, you know, those were they're packed pretty well. And, you know, look, the, the stadium, you know, what, uh, what Jose Moss has been able to, uh, to, to build over there for the soccer team. I mean, considering what Lockhart stadium was and what they built, right. um, they have a NFL like facility. That's the practice facility right next to uh, right next to the stadium that they have at the, at the team houses. It's uh, it's operations out of, um, you know, it was a beautiful field, right. Um, you know, so good stadium, good facility. Um, you know, there was, there was a lot of energy around the team. A lot of the old guys uh, back there, I'll tell you the truth, you know, cause of course I was standing with Co, and we all know how he goes. Um, you know, we spent pretty much the whole time talking to former players that were, that were coming up and walking up to them. I mean, we saw JJ Phillips and, um, you know, and, um, David Njoku, Evidence Njoku, um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, countless guys that were coming over and and spending, uh, you know, and and spending time, you know, just kind of talking and catching up. Our guy, Zach McLeod was, was with us for probably 20, 30 minutes. Uh, saw Shaq Quarterman. Um, I mean, you name it, we were, uh, kind of kind of catching up with these guys, which was really cool. But, you know, I'll tell you, they all had the same thing. You know, we asked them, hey, how are you feeling about, you know, the team going forward? And they're like, man, it's impressive. You know, this is the this is the most we were able to uh, to be around. You know, actually, we saw uh, Sean O'Dare, who's, uh, who's working for Drew Rosenhaus Sports now, a former uh, walk-on wide receiver with us. And, uh, you know, he was posting some frustrations a couple years back because he couldn't could be around the program now, of course with nil now he's representing some of these guys but he's like man it's a it's a whole new world man i'm able to be around you know i'm able to be around my my alma mater and be you know able to be around the guys and everything um but it was a it was a good feel you know i'll tell you from from on the field what i saw you know first and foremost man the intensity during warm-ups uh the o-line was uh warming up in front of me man and i mean this was the most intense o-line warm-ups i think i've ever seen man i mean they were getting in there and crystal ball is getting down blowing the whistle um you know and, and up in these guys and he's he's literally coaching them so when we say that hey our, our coach is an o-line coach like that man will i don't think he will ever change that's who he is that's you know he's true to that um and you know he's always going to spend time in the trenches with those guys uh so i was really really just impressed with the intensity and not just from crystal ball right from alex mirball who's I think going to be an incredible addition as an O-line coach uh, and all the GAs. I mean, everybody matched the intensity and uh, you know, look, the players were, you know, the players were, were, <laughs> you know, they, they were out there with the intensity, man. Um, you know, you'd see guys, right. if they put their hands on their hip, you know, the coaches would go and they'd slap the hands off their hip. Right. So, you know, the accountability, the expectations are drastically elevated now, which is, 
you know, just, I think, you know, music to all of our ears. Right. Um, the other thing that I, that I saw, and I've ranted about this a few times, uh, both Kevin Steele and Josh Gaddis were up in the booth, which, mm-hmm. you know, if you nice. think back to last year, yeah. I mean, think back last year, literally every one of the assistants was on the field. So I think we probably had a GA or, you know, an analyst or somebody up there watching. And that is the, the, that was one of the craziest things to me last year. Like, how do you not have, you know, somebody who's a high level assistant up there watching uh, what's happening on the field. Right. Uh, So, you know, that basically tells me that both the offense and the defense are going to get called from the booth, which is, you know, something that I think absolutely uh, needs to happen. Uh, Yeah. Honestly. No, go ahead. I was going to say that's such a huge difference. Like you think the NFL model, are there guys on the field that call plays? Yeah. Like Eric Bieniemy's down on the field, but most of the time your OC, it, a lot of times going to sit in the booth where he can see things. Your DC especially is going to be one that's going to sit in the booth where he can see things. You know, you want to be up there. Yeah. You'll have somebody down there making your checks and your calls. But if you got a QB coach now, like Frank Ponce, that can be down on the field and you allow somebody like uh, Josh Gaddis to sit up there and get the plays in that he wants, and then relay it down to his coaches, the adjustment he want to make. I think that's huge. 100%, man. So that was uh, that was definitely refreshing to see. Um, and I'll tell you what, you know, Tyler Van Dyke um, and Jake Garcia, but, you know, really Tyler, uh, those guys were spinning it out there as, uh, as, as quarterbacks, right? I mean, I think they just made some dead-on throws. Yes, we had uh, a lot of drops, right? I, I don't know if I would make as much of it as some people have, right? I mean, I think some of those guys just, you know, maybe kind of had an off day. And there was some – there was some – you know, some tough catches where if they came, where if they would have made them and they would have brought them down, you know, they would have been highlight reel type type catches, right? So, you know, am I concerned about it? Eh, you know, I'm aware of it, but I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not panicking like a uh, like a lot of people are with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, just overall the intensity, the tone felt good. It felt good to get out there. It felt good to see these guys. Um, you know, and I think uh, I think we're set up for a really good year, man. I'm just so excited. Yeah, I got a chance to watch some of it on ACC Network. I was coaching seventh grade basketball, so there's only so much I could see, and I've kind of missed some of the replays. But, you know, people make a lot sometimes out of spring ball when they don't have to. They make a lot out of, oh, my good play calling was bad. Dude, it's spring practice. These yeah. coaches are not going to come out and show you their whole deck of cards. They're going to say, look, here's the things we want to work on, and we're going to try to do this right. Henry Parrish looks like the real deal. You get back Don Chaney and Rooster, and you add Henry Parrish. Oh my goodness! You want to talk about yeah. a one and throw Travante Citizen in when he gets here as a true freshman. You got yeah. studs. I saw people saying we got to hit the transfer portal for receivers. Let Romello Brinson, let Jacoby George, let Frankie Ladson, let these guys get into a flow during a season before you say, "Hey, we need to and go get somebody else." I don't think yeah. you need to do that now. D tackle, and I know we got Mesidor yesterday. That looks like a spot that we could sure up. Heck, I'd take another guy. But you remember, Moultrie's going to be back, and he'll probably play some interior and some exterior line. You're going to have some of the younger kids coming in with an opportunity to play. Yeah, you've got a team that looks drastically more prepared. And it gets me to what Tyler Van Dyke said. I saw On3 Sports tweeted this, and I forgot where he was. He was on. He was on with somebody. And he talked about the difference between last year and this year. And how simply there is no more lackadaisical. There is no more time to play around. I'm paraphrasing exactly what he said because I don't have the quote in front of me. 
But there is no more time for that. And that is Mario Cristobal saying, this is my vision for the program, and this is how it's going to run. When the program runs his way, that's the Saban way. There is going to be no more time to jack around. There is no, there's not going to be any more plaques handed out when you lose a football game. There's not going to be any more gas station selfies. This is going to be run like an NFL or a top-level college team, and it's something that we've needed for 20 years. 100% man I couldn't couldn't agree more and um you know just just you know look that's the that's guy's the leader of our team this year right I mean he's your Heisman contender right you know um you know he's he's the guy he's the voice he's the he's the guy that everybody's putting it on his shoulders so hearing him step up and you know say something like that that hey look the accountability's there uh you know I like to hear that from him because you know Tyler's not a real aggressive you know loud guy but I think, you know, he's a guy that, um, that right. is going to really elevate his leadership uh, in the locker room and, you know, um, you know, just be that voice. Right. And, um, you know, man, I, I just uh, <laughs> I'm loving everything that's that's coming out of uh, out of Coral Gables right now. So. <clears throat> yeah, so, it, it, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, yeah. when I when I look at. To say when I look at the potential of what this team can be, uh, when you have a Tyler and you have these backs and everybody else, I think it could be fantastic. You know, I think it could be one of those scenarios. The offense is not going to be as wide open, I don't think, as you saw a year ago with Rhett Lashley. It's not going to be 100 miles an hour, it's not going to be, you know, a, a, a crap ton of RPOs. Gaddis will come in with a, a little bit different plan, but if you go back and look at Michigan. I believe they led the country in explosive plays a year ago. That's 20-plus yeah. yard plays. So they're going to get a lot of chunk plays, but a lot of it's going to come out of we're going to pound you, and then we're going to hit you with a big one. 100%. That's, you know, especially when you look at the beginning of the, the schedule, the first four games, right? You know, first two games, you're not going to show much. Um, you know, then when you go into a loud environment in Texas A&M, you're not going to be slinging the ball all over the, all over the field, right? Um, so at least, you know, those first four games, you know, I, I think Gates fans are going to be pretty – you know, frustrated with, oh, they, you know, Tyler should be throwing it more, um, you know, but look, as long as we're winning games, I, I don't care. I mean, we could, he could throw for zero yards. And if we get the W I'm happy, <laughs> especially up in an, in an environment like, uh, like Texas A&M, right. You know, so um, yeah, I mean, you're going to see a lot of running and, you know, the thing with these running backs is it's beautiful to see the options that we have back there. I mean, you've got five legit guys who could be the guy this year. Right. Uh, so just excited to see if Parrish can be the guy that comes in and, you know, does everything and becomes the feature back. And you use, you know, Cheney and Thad in, in short yardage situations and you use Rooster as your home run hitter. Um, however we figure it out, man, I'm, I'm good with it. So. Yeah. I, and I forgot all about Thad. Thad's a guy that looks like yeah. he's, he's thinned out some, you know, maybe dropped five or 10 pounds and looks super explosive. When's the yeah. last time we've had a big back like that that could hit the hole? And on third and one, we knew he was going to get third and one. Davenport, probably. Najee, right? Wow. That's it. It probably been has been that time. long. <laughs> it probably has when you really when you really kind of start thinking about it. I mean, yeah, it's it's been a while. <laughs> I was going to say, I know McGahee, so. you know, McGahee, that was part of the offensive line was just blowing everybody off the ball. But you think yeah. since then, Frank Gore was great. And then it goes to the Greg Cooper years. You know, Duke was great, but there wasn't a lot of time on third and one that you knew Duke was going to run anybody over. He's going to think it. some of the other guys we had back there. Yeah, we we had back there running the ball. Lamar Miller, 
Now all of a sudden you got a guy like Thad, and he might be your fourth best running back right now. <laughs> it's an embarrassment of riches right now for Mario Cristobal really and is. company. Yeah, and I, look, I think all those guys are going to stay too, right? I mean, I know everybody's like, oh, somebody's going to transfer. And look, I know there's going to be attrition. I know there's going to be roster attrition. Um, you know, it's coming, right? But, you know, I think any of it is going to be healthy attrition. And I don't think any of it's really going to come out of this running back room. I think we're walking in with five guys who can be the bell cow next year. So it's really incredible. No, I, I- – I totally agree. And then, then you forget about, there were a lot of guys that were out for spring ball. A lot of guys that weren't playing, you know, Will Mallory's not there. Uh, the list of injuries was what, 15, 16 kids who didn't participate in spring ball. So it was really, really close. When we get back, I want to continue the conversation about spring practice, but also we got to dive into some other things that are happening around the world of college football, NIL deals, portal movement, and coaches angry. We'll talk about that next here on Sirius XM Channel 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. 
I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. Take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, go terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Welcome back to the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. John had to step away for a minute. So uh, just like Co did the other day, you got me for by the lonesome for a little bit. But, you know, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, the defense in the uh, in the spring game, man. And uh, shout out to Gilbert Frierson and the way that he uh, pulled up and, and you know, was playing out there. Um, you know, Gil had him a uh, Gil had him a day out there. Um, you know, just, um, you know, it's kind of pretty puzzling why. Gil wasn't playing last year. Um, you know, just uh, just really crazy that we didn't get to see him out there. But, uh, you know, also Avante Williams, James Williams, um, you know, those guys, you know, looked uh, looked great out there. I think James had a uh, James had an interception out there. So, um, you know, just really, really uh, excited to see what uh, what we had for the defense. And, you know, of course, the the transfer portal and how we've been picking up guys like Mesador and Jacob Lickstein and, um, you know, and all the guys that we've had out there has just been uh, has just been incredible, man. So, uh, you know, this defense. Um, you know, I think Kevin Steele is really going to light a fire under what uh, under what we've have, you know, going out there this year. Um, you know, this is a legitimate high end defensive coordinator that um, that uh, that we are blessed blessed to have. Um, you know, some of the assistants that they've got out there as well. Um, you know, Rod Wright on the defensive line, Joe Salavea. Um, you know, we've got Charlie Strong in there who's making an impact with the linebackers uh, across the board. Um, you know, Jamal Adai with the uh, with the secondary. Um, it's really, you know, as, as John was saying, uh, an embarrassment of riches. So just so great to uh, to see them and see the way that we've shown up, um, you know, defensively as well. So, you know, we are in that period right now, though, that, uh, you know, that we jump into the summer and things are going to get quiet until we fire fall ball fall ball up uh but you know hey we just gotta just gotta kind of roll with it and uh you know very very soon fall fall ball will be here can't get here soon enough uh but uh it will be here so uh you know as we uh, as we talk a little bit but um you know akeem mesador and 
you know, the, the addition that this kid's going to bring, uh, you know, had the opportunity to just kind of watch some film the other night on this guy. And, um, you know, freshman All-American uh, last year at, uh, at University of West Virginia. Um, and there's a, there's a reason why. I mean, I think this kid is uh, has still got a lot of room to grow and to get better. Um, you know, he is going to be a, uh, a stud for us. I think he's got three, three years of eligibility left, uh, you know, between he, Moultrie, Lickstein, uh, all these guys that are coming in to to help shore up uh, defensive line. I mean, it's it's clear that um, you know that Morio is 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 looking to uh, to firm up the trenches here. So, super super excited for uh, all the moves that are uh, you know that are being made there. So, do you want to talk about something? And I know you know John and I were kind of trading messages a little bit before uh, this, but you know the. Canes have actually landed a couple of uh, transfers uh, for the ladies' basketball team. Uh, a couple of really, really, uh, really good ladies um, that uh, that are coming in here. Um, uh, the uh, Cavender twins, right? So uh, Haley and Hannah um, are coming in, um, and these girls are ballers, man. They um, uh, both, I think, are. are excellent free throw shooters. Uh, and, you know, Katie Myers just really had the, uh, had the ladies basketball team cooking last year. Um, you know, got them to, uh, you know, really only to the round of 32, but you lost to the eventual national champion in South Carolina. So uh, super, super excited for, uh, for those ladies to come out and a, a giant welcome uh, to both Haley and Hannah uh, coming into the U here. Um, it was really cool seeing John Ruiz is a, uh, you know, had an active role with them and uh, bringing them in through some NIL deals. So good stuff to see that uh, that they're coming on board. Definitely looking next to see what the basketball team can do as far as uh, as far as bringing, um, you know, bringing some transfer talent in there. You know, there is 1,200 players in the uh, basketball transfer portal right now, which is an astounding number. Uh, you know, I know Coach L is out there and, and, and making some moves as far as what we're going to uh, bring in as, with the transfer portal. So while we wait for John to uh, come back, we are going to take another quick commercial break. Uh, we'll be right back here on the Can Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio, Channel 145. I just cut to another commercial break, man. I had to I had to put another one in there. <laughs> I don't know if you were still okay. listening as I was going, man, but I had to kind of do another commercial break. It's no, tough when no, it's, when it's just in one. the bathroom. I don't know how Josh Pate does it, man. So anyway, we're still broadcasting. But uh, you want to bring us back in? Yeah, we, we get it whenever you're ready. Back here on Sirius XM Channel 145, Kane Gang Radio Show, John Michaels. Dirty Bird hanging out with you. Coe is uh, at a Hall of Fame in induction ceremony. Of course he is. He's got a big time us on a, on a Thursday night. Nothing wrong with that. Hanging out with some of the Kane all-time greats. We've been talking spring ball, having a lot of fun. I, I want to get into something, and we, and we like to shoot off the cuff now and then. Um, shooting off the cuff, you lost, what, about 50 pounds now? Maybe even a little more. 60. 60. 60. I don't want to short you. Yeah. What yeah, don't you short me, man. To lose 60 pounds? No, can't show you. What have you done to lose six yeah, yeah, so just through keto, man. So just cutting carbs out, right? I get about 30 carbs a day that I that I pull in, man, which is, you know, I basically had to cut out uh, bread, pasta, uh, potatoes, sugars, 
um, which sucks to cut all those things out, man, because I love all, all those foods, man. But uh, yeah, you get to eat pretty much as much of you want of, of anything that, that doesn't have uh, carbohydrates in it. Uh, so, you know, just been, uh, been rocking that, um, you know, drinking a lot of water with it as well. And, you know, I've had some, some drinks that I have that are, that are ketones that have been, uh, that have been fuel on top of it, that have been kind of pointing me in the right direction, man. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I'll share that, uh, you know, I had some, some health issues that were imminent, right? So you know, I was pre-diabetic and I had some stuff that when I went to the doctor, I was like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, this is, this is not cool. So, you know, uh, my doctor told me, she said, you know, Hey, you better, better lose some weight, man. <laughs> so I took the, took the advice to heart. And then, you know, just recently went and, and, and saw the doctor two weeks ago and uh, basically clean bill of health. Right. So, you know, Hey, you've, you're no longer pre-diabetic. You've, um, you know, you've, uh, you know, leave me on a little bit of high blood pressure medication, a little bit of cholesterol stuff, but you know, nothing compared to the, to the scares that they were before. So really, uh, you know, really excited for that. Personally, you lost a bunch of weight through keto too, didn't you? I did. I lost maybe 70 pounds about a year ago. Same thing. Cut out everything. Randy McMichael, a good buddy of mine who lives up here, former dolphin, great guy does middays here in the ATL. He lives like 10 minutes from me and he had ballooned up and gained a bunch of weight after playing football. And, you know, it was drinking beer and doing what most former pro athletes do. They don't want to, they don't want to work out anymore. And finally one day he goes, dude, I got to lose some weight. Yeah, I got a pot belly, blah, blah, blah. And he went on keto. And I, whatever, I'm keto schmito. I've tried South Beach. I've tried <laughs> hydroxy cut. I've tried like anything that there was that was a quick, quote unquote, weight loss scheme. I, I tried it. Why well, watch Randy lose 80 or 90 pounds? And look, he doesn't even look like a tight end anymore. He looks like a wide receiver. He's slim and trim and in shape. And I texted him and he said, dude, if you do it right, you'll lose weight. And wow. I tried it. And it, ha- it just happened to coincide right with the time that the pandemic hit. And, you know, it's kind of one of those birds. I looked in the mirror and I said, I have no excuse. I'm sitting at home all day. You know, there's no need to run to Wendy's and or Chick-fil-A and not, not, not that there's anything wrong with those places, but I really needed to take it serious. So I did. And the problem is after a year and losing all that weight and missing carbs and sugar and everything else, I started having cheat days and cheat days turned into cheat weeks and cheat weeks turned into cheat month. And here I am, I've gained, I realize I got to get back to keto. I was talking to, I was, I was at the barber shop today, not for me, because I have no hair um, and outside of <laughs> manicuring my beard, I don't have to do much, but taking my young son to get a pre-tournament haircut because you got to look good and play good. I, you know, I, I was talking to the barber and one of the barbers was like, man, I, you told me keto really works. And I realized I got to go back and start it again. So today I, I literally leave the barber shop. I go to Publix and I just load it up on all the keto snacks and eggs and sausage and everything else and you know for me and i don't know if it was the same way for you i literally had to take things day by day because i am a a huge soda drinker i am a a a chocolate at night chips my you know wings and fries and and six pounds of blue cheese were always my best friend did you have to do the same thing and kind of take it day by day yeah you know i mean that's kind of the point that i'm at right now just being completely honest right so i'm still you know somewhat on a low carb but like you know i'll have fries every once in a while or i'll have i'll have things i'm not supposed to that you know that are that are way high in carbs um you know but i'm I'm at the point where i'm maintaining so i'm not really losing at the moment uh i'm more just just kind of maintaining but uh 
you know, my wife uh, has just took another, has just took a new job after 14 years as a bank manager uh, with a work from home. So, you know, her and I are like, you know, hey, let's have another push. Let's push through here and, uh, you know, and get into, uh, you know, and get, and get into kind of our next, you know, 20, 30 pound, uh, pound push. Not that she needs to lose that, but I, I would, I would definitely take another 20, 30 off to, to get me where I want to be. So I want to, I want to go down to 199 yeah, and then come back up weight. to about 220, you know, with, uh, with, with good weight, right. With muscle and whatnot. So that's kind of the plan. Yeah. I think my good weight right now is about 205 to 210. I'm probably back to about 230, 232-ish, which is too heavy. It's my knees are starting to hurt again. I got the little fold over on the front of the stomach. You know, when the boxers fold down or the boxer briefs fold down, that's when you know you've gained a couple of too many pounds. <laughs> You know, I know there's a lot of people out there that listen to us that go through the same thing. And, you know, that's why, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a ton of Canes football and we'll talk a lot of other stuff, but every now and then life journey is is huge. And, uh, you know, the fact that you were able to recognize that and get into it and stick with it, let anybody know, like they can do it. You know, there's so many people out there that battle with weight and food addictions and, you know, it, David Pollock, and I hate the name drop, but guys that I'm really cool with, Pollock lives up here, and he calls it the one mile a day challenge. He goes, you know, it takes 12 minutes to run a mile, even in really bad shape. He goes, everybody should be able to get out and walk a mile, run a mile, bike a mile every day. And he goes, if you do that, you'll keep yourself active. And, you know, I think that's huge. You know, there's too many of us, I, I you know, I'm, I'm in my late 40s. I'm starting to see high school classmates passing away. A lot of them have the same thing. Yeah. It's food, it's it's health, it's everything else. So, you know, if we can motivate somebody, it's not a bad deal either. Yeah. And shoot, anybody listening, man, if you ever need advice or just somebody to talk to and God, I mean, I'm, you know, hey, I know both our DMs are open, man. Just uh, jump in there and, uh, you know, be happy to point you in the right direction or, you know, just at least tell you we believe in you. And, you know, because like John and I are, are, are you know, guys who have, who have done it, right, who have been there and, you know, tried to, you know, the failure to launch on it a bunch of times, but then, you know, one time you actually do it and you get it right. Right. And, um, you know, I won't ever look back now. I mean, I'll promise, I promise myself, I promise my family, you know, I'm never going back to the weight that I was and, and whatnot. So what was your heaviest? If you don't mind putting that out there. Oh, no, no, I don't mind, man. You know, because I mean, but look, it was, you know, I, I say it's 290, but I'm sure because I wasn't weighing myself, I, I'm sure I tipped three at some point or another. Right. So, you know, I, I call it 290, right? You know, I'm at 230 right now, which is where we're at with the 60. Um, you know, I want to get down to 199 and then, like I said, come back up to, to 220. But, uh, you know, it's really just just being aware as well of, of, you know, there's so much crap and toxins and all that and everything that you eat. Um, you know, so I just have really been aware of all that. Just trying to just trying to eat clean, eat right, and, you know, make sure I'm not putting a bunch of chemicals and crazy substances in my body, you know. Yeah. And it, it's a good thing. You know, it, it's really good yeah. to see guys like yourself to, to really get through this. I, I wanted to transition for a second, though. Uh, what ha what was going on this week? Because last week we talked a little bit about NIL and transfer portal. Jay Wright, Villanova's coach, decides to retire yesterday. And he had something yeah. where he said, you know, the game is changing forever. Um, the portal and Jim Laranega's hosting a bunch of guys that are going to potentially come in. I saw a kid from Arkansas State who averaged 17 and 12 over his two years at Arkansas State. Might be a transfer to Miami. Big 6'7 kid. They're, these guys are right. The portal is changing the way college football and college basketball are happening. I don't necessarily dislike it, though. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that the portal is a bad thing because it empowers these kids that for the longest time never had a chance to really make their own decisions. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. I mean, look, I'm all for it. I, I wish there was a little more control over it. Right. You know, and I think that I think there's there's some things that they could have that they could have done with it. Like, you know, for me, I, I think that there should be windows where you can enter the transfer portal where, where kind of the portals open and it's closed because, you know, just being able to, you know, the, the way it is right now. And if especially if it's going, you know, during the season or during the spring camp, you know, it, it just. I mean, I guess it kind of filters out the men from the boys, but you know, if you had a bad day at practice, you could just, man, I'm I'm gonna go hit the portal. You know, um, I think those decisions really need to be thought about a little more. And you know, you should say, okay, hey, the the window's coming up for it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go because I think it it'll also it makes it a lot easier for teams to to manage their rosters, right? Because right now, I mean, you know, that's why I think so many guys want to want to coach in the NFL versus college because. You know, an NFL coaching job six months a year, right? Or six months of, of crazy schedule a year. In college, man, I mean, you you're lucky if you get a week or two off, right? I mean, it is a it is a grind all day, every day, um, you know, to be able to to keep up with with all this roster attrition and management and recruiting and all these different things that uh, that you need to do. So, I think that's also yeah. why you see like Nick Saban and Mario and everybody else hiring seventy five assistants. You need grad assistants. Yeah. You need analysts. You need roster management guys. Um, the, Mark Emmert, this is where he needs to get his head out of his rear end and finally, you know, put put some kind of restrictions in place. You know, I get it. And I think there is, there is some kind of parameter. Like if, if you're not transferred in the SEC by February 1st, you can't transfer to another SEC school and be an eligible or be eligible in the fall. May 1st, you have to have, I guess, a new school picked to be able to play in the fall. And that makes sense because you got to enroll in school and everything else and make sure everything transfers. The NIL stuff becomes a very gray area because each state has their own law and the NCAA really can't mandate what the law is as of right now. So it makes it where, you know, right now it's the wild, wild west and schools like Miami are taking advantage of it. And I love it. I saw Tyler Dyke might have six-figure deals already set in place. The the Sheboy kid that's going back to Kentucky, they estimate next year he's going to make $2 million in NIL deals. I love and, it for these kids. Yeah, and you know what? The Sheboy is the first one that has really worked in, in the favor of college sports. It's brought a high-profile high kid back. You know, so I love that. Like, I, I would love to see, like, you know, I look and I know it's easy for, you know, us as 40 year old guys who can look back and we have all this knowledge about life. Right. You know, to, to go back and say, hey, you know, I, I would have spent all of my eligibility in, in college, man. I mean, even if I'm a high profile kid, like, you know, I, I don't know, maybe if I'm a, if I'm going to go, you know, top 10 in the NBA or NFL draft, you know, I'm, I'm out. Right. Um, but, you know, right. I, I would love to to spend that time in there. I mean, you see some of these guys, you know, that, that have left prematurely. Right. The. Brad Kaya's of the world, the Joe Yearbys, and, you know, guys that have just jumped out, Joe Jackson, right? Like, you know, guys that if they came back, man, they, I mean, they could have made a, a major impact and positioned themselves better for, for long-term success. You know, now being these guys being able to, to profit off their name, image, image and likeness, you know, it, it brings those guys back and it entices them uh, to come back. And, you know, look, as a, as a Miami fan, let's, let's be real. Like, you know, we're probably one of the top 10 position programs with NIL positions across the country. I mean, you know, we're up there with the heavy hitters, right? With the Alabamas, uh, the Georgias, right? Texas, Texas A&M, USC, um, you know, um, one could probably argue Ohio State, 
Michigan. I mean, all these schools are really positioned well for the NIL opportunities because of, you know, the massive amount of funding that's in their, their, their bases. And, you know, it's honestly one of the reasons why I think FSU is going to continue to struggle. Um, They have no prominent boosters. They have no like CEOs of large companies. They really, I mean, they've, they've got nobody (laughs) and that's uh, that's really going to hurt them. So we'll, uh, We'll see what happens, man. But this is this is a new era, a new age, um, and and I for one just I really love how we're positioned. Um, you know, you've got guys like uh, like uh, like um, like John Rees and uh, you know and his boys and uh, Jose and Jorge Moss, right? Which funny uh, funny story. Uh, you know, my company is actually based in the in the same uh, office as the Moss, as Mostec, right? And they have you know three floors at the at the top of our building. Um, so I'm at the office the other day and I, I pop in and I say, you know, as I'm getting in the elevator, Jose Moss is jumping in. So I just kind of looked over and I said, you know, Hey, uh, thanks for coach Cristobal. And he kind of smiled and he's like, uh, well, we're super happy to have him. And here's what he, he said too. He said, we're not done yet. And I was like, and you know, I'm, we're on the fourth floor. So it was a really quick elevator ride, but I just said, you know, he said, he's, you know, I said, Oh, we were at the spring game too. And appreciate you opening up the stadium to us and everything. And he's like, Oh, it was good times and you know just kind of say hey thanks again so much as i stepped off the elevator but you know hearing him say you know we're not done yet was uh <laughs> was just like so good to hear and then you know you see kind of some of that happen and i, I mentioned when uh when you had to step away for a minute you know about the the ladies uh, uh haley and hannah that are coming over for the women's basketball team that i think are going to make an immediate impact and are um, i think they said these girls already have like 10 million dollars worth of nil deals from uh where they were coming from. So, um, you know, you're starting to see a lot of this stuff come to, come to light, right? The, the new football facility where we're talking about, you know, folding the old, uh, the old sports, uh, the old, the old uh, track uh, facility uh, and building, you know, an entire football facility. Uh, you know, Dan Radakovich tells us the other day, he's going to, you know, we're, Hey, we're expanding our indoor practice facility to a hundred yards. So that takes something else off the, uh, off the table that FSU can, you know, can, can try to come at us for, even though, I really don't care. Right. It's not like you play games in there. So, you know, it serves its purpose completely. Right. And, you know, it's in paradise and not in the middle of crystal meth town like theirs is. So, you know, big deal, but Hey, it's another thing off the block for them. So yeah, I'm yeah, all it's, about it. It's one of the nice, it's one of the nicest things that's happening is just the change in we're no longer the poverty program. We were yeah. for the longest time. I mean, let's keep it, keep it 100. It's, it's like to say, we were the program that was penny pinching, trying to trying to make things work on a Division One level on a, on a Division Two uh, budget, and the only thing we were living off of is the brand because the logo still holds weight. I mean, the logo has always held weight. I actually put up an article at State of View this week, which was pretty funny. I did my top fives, top five like hot takes of this off season. I started with the War Chant one. Um, I immediately went from there to. Uh, what's your boy's name? Brett McMurphy, Dennis Dodd. I threw Josh Pate on there as well, even though Josh has apologized to Miami fans and now he loves us. And I think number one was just a conglomeration of all the people that said we were too broke, too dumb, too this yeah. and everything else to try to get things done and go get a Mario Cristobal. It's amazing. Yeah. I've told people for 20 years, Miami has always had money. It was just yeah. a matter of having money and spending money were two different things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Peyton. I mean, I, I, for one, I just, uh, I think the world of, of, of Josh and his show and everything. And I actually, you know, I exchanged you know, messages with him on Twitter a bunch of times. I mean, I, he's 
put my tweets on his show and uh and whatnot and he follows me on twitter and everything so you know i've kind of you know just really grown to really like his show because i think it's pretty non-biased you know non-biased right i mean he's he pretty much tells it like it is right um you know and look when he's wrong he'll, he'll own it right so he was wrong he said you know hey there's no way Cristobal will leave that situation but i think you know that the, the national perception of us was the same that it's been for 20 years right and we all as fans knew like, Hey, you know, we've got these big money boosters, you know, these guys say they're committed, you know, which, you know, you look at a guy like Rudy Fernandez, you know, and you listen to the orange bowl boys interview with him. And he talks a lot about, you know, what, uh, you know, what transpired to get them to that point. Um, you know, and it all really starts to make sense, man. So, you know, national media perception was down on us. Right. But I think after, you know, we went out and made a splash and made, you know, arguably like to us, I think we hired the best fit for our program. And Coach Cristobal, you know, I don't know if he was the biggest splash. I mean, you know, the Lincoln Riley splash was pretty big, and I think that, I think that's going to work over there at USC. Um, you know, but I, I had a funny thought earlier. You know, that's kind of talking about these, and I'm going to kind of go off in a little bit of a separate direction here. But, um, and I know this will never happen, right? So I'm not calling that this would happen. But imagine this scenario, right? Next year's college football playoff: USC, mm-hmm. Texas. Oh. Yes. Miami, Nebraska. <laughs> I know it's that not going to happen, right? But could you imagine the headlines? That would be guys that? like me's dream. Oh, oh yeah, would be fantastic. You're, you're no talking SEC. about teams that we all right. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking about the nostalgia yeah. level of USC, Texas, Nebraska, and Miami. I didn't even think about mm-hmm. the SEC as oh the SEC would lose their mind. They, the playoffs would be expanded to eight before that that final four even got going. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they we're gonna to we're gonna slip the SEC in here, guys. But it, it, that's that's probably the only scenario though that would ever like in all, you know all four programs go undefeated, they win their conference, right? And they don't play each other, so that would be a, a possibility mathematically, right? Not realistically, right? I get it; it's never gonna happen. But it was fun to think about. Mm-hmm. But you know, you figure in the SEC. Right. If any of those teams has one loss, that's really the only way that they're getting that that they're getting squeezed out is is with undefeated, you know, four other undefeated power five champions. (laughs) I would be amazing, though, man. Like uh, I would absolutely be all for that. I mean, we got to take a break when we get. get... Yeah, it would be awesome. We'll take a break when we get back. We want to dive into our top five. The top five games that we have attended as Miami fans. This list ought to be fun and something you can chime in with. We'll talk about it next here on the Kane Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 at Slam Radio. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. 
Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manu Alapola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva Potra, la caballota, la reina y mi queen. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. And we're back on Sirius XM Channel 145 Kane Gang Radio Show. John Michaels, Dirty Bird. How- Having a good time talking a little bit of everything Kane's football, talking weight loss. We'll talk some uh, seventh grade basketball here in a little while. But to get into something like as giant Miami fans, we have all had opportunities to attend games and be at some all timers. And, and I wanted us to put together our top five live game attended lists. And Bird, I want to let you kick things off and tell us and, and kind of dive into it why these were some of your favorite games all time. Well, I'm gonna I want to start off by saying, I mean, John, I've been on the you know on the show with you with you and Co trading some legendary game stories back and forth, man. So I don't expect my list to have near the uh, the uh, you know the the uh, the bangers that yours does. But uh, I'm gonna start off number five for me was uh, 2017 Virginia Tech at the Rock, uh, 28 to 10. Uh, that was the first game that uh, that we kind of came in and uh, and um, on that 2017 magical season where we opened up 10 and 0. Um, you know, that, that game, I mean, we came in there, Kirk Herbstreit was there. It was a night game, uh, and the rock was just electric. And I mean, we absolutely smoked Virginia tech in every sense of the word, man. So that's my number five. What do you got as number four? So number four, uh, I've got the 2018 FSU, uh, the comeback, uh, led by none other than, uh, Nkosi Perry, uh, that game was uh, was unreal, man. I remember sitting there at the end of that game, um, just nerves just shattered. Uh, my wife and I, and I uh, just had the biggest smile on my face sitting there. Couldn't believe that uh, that we won after uh, after how we'd played through the first uh, two and a half quarters through it. Uh, but we came back, got the W. Uh, that thing was absolutely uh, absolutely incredible. You know, the crazy thing about that game, I wanted to go to FSU. I've made, I don't know, 16 of the last 22 FSU games. 
I could just try no matter where it's at, Tallahassee, Miami, I try to make it. That weekend, it was a Miami game. Falcons played, my good, we played it in Pittsburgh, which was a rarity to play an NFC North team. And I flew with the team. Now, I could always set up and make my own flights up there. Well, the game was, game was, I guess, a 3.30 kick. Sounds right. Might have been a noon. No, it was a 3.30 kick. 3.30 kick. Well, the last flight leaving Florida to go to Pittsburgh um, ended up being, I think the, the last flight was leaving at 5 o'clock. And I was like, there, no, I think it was a noon kick. And there was no way that I could know it was a 3.30 kick. I said, there was no way I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave at halftime and go to the game. The next day, I think there was a 6 a.m. flight going to Pittsburgh, but there was nothing direct. The earliest direct flight out of Pitts or out of Fort Lauderdale or West Palm or Miami to get to Pittsburgh was 10 a.m. I would have landed in Pittsburgh at like 1220. Uh, the Falcons kick at one and I had 11 a.m. pregame duty. So there was no way to do it. So I get off the bus. I've got my phone up. I'm watching the phone. I'm livid because Miami's down like 20 to seven as I get off the bus. To, to go into the hotel room. I get in the hotel room right about the time they go up 27 to seven. And I'm like, this is done. And then we end up coming yeah. back and winning. And I go out to dinner <laughs> with Dave Archer and our, our producer, Bo Morgan, and I've got Miami stuff head to toe. And they're like, whatever. So I missed that one. What do you have at number three on your list of best games attended? So my number three is 2013 uh, at Hard Rock. Then I think Landshark Stadium. Uh, the 21 to 16 victory over uh, those nasty Gators. So that was Al Golden's signature win for the Canes. Um, you know, wasn't the greatest team, but uh, it was a beautiful victory that we were able to pick up there. And that was also probably the hottest game I think I've ever been to, man. Before they put the roof on the rock, I mean, you know, I know I'm speaking the language everybody knows, man, but noon games were absolutely the worst man when you'd be out there and it's seven thousand degrees feeling like you're sitting on the surface of the sun uh watching games man but that one was was unbelievably hot in september you'll love the bet that i had associated with that game so our producer for the falcons radio network bo morgan is a diehard university of florida fan and he's got a beard much like i do and i know my camera's out right now so for those of you watching on the stream that's why you don't get to see my ugly face up on there so anyway we you know it's easy to do the jersey bet it's easy to do a 20 dollars bet we said we got to make this bet better the loser has to go clean shaven and take a picture in the opposing jersey now bo is about five seven <laughs> and about 165 pounds he might be five a great guy like he's one of my best friends in the radio industry just a great kid other than he's a florida fan again yeah. we had a falcon road trip so I'm trying to watch the game on the, you know, the eight inch TV that they provide on Delta on the Falcons charter Bo And I, and the, the flights are normally pretty quiet, you know, flying to a stadium on a Saturday afternoon. And you'll hear a couple of screams because we're all watching college football. So anyway, we land right about the time Tracy Howard gets the interception down there towards the goal line and Miami holds on to win 21 to 16. And he had to come into work Monday, clean shaven and Bo <laughs> His girlfriend, first of all, his, his now wife calls me and goes, thank you. I hate that stupid thing on his face. I'm glad he had to shave. He looked ridiculous. And at the time, <laughs> I, was, I was 265, 270. And yeah. I had a 3XL Ja'Cory Harris jersey that he had to wear to work. So imagine this little <laughs> dude now clean shaven, 
rocking a Ja'Cory Harris jersey after Miami beat Florida. It ended up being a four-win Florida team, so it felt good that day in September. At the sure. end of the year, it didn't really mean a whole lot. What's what's a number? I guess number two on your list. 2017 Notre Dame, 41 to eight. Right. I mean, just sheer dominance. Right. Uh, I mean, that's probably the best atmosphere game that I've ever been to, um, which is why I'm so excited for this crystal ball era for for us to really get it rolling and, you know, get into get into big games. And hopefully that Florida State game this year, uh, God willing, is a is a night game uh, for us um, because there there was nothing like it. Even even Herb Street and, and, and Fowler said, you know, wow, this is this is incredible here. Um, you know, touchdown Jesus wearing the turnover chain, um, you know, on uh, <laughs> on the on the college game day earlier that day, you know, the Trajan Bandy interception, um, you know, the the uh, the the junk talking by uh, the Notre Dame defensive coordinator at the beginning of the oh, game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just everything. It was it was just a perfect game. And yeah, I mean, you know how it is, John, with these games. And, you know, there's nothing better than the postgame tailgate. Right. The pregame tailgate's cool. But like the post game tailgate after you win a big game and everybody's just out there and you know that was the first time in fifteen years that I think we truly believed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the, the, you know what we did to the number three team in the nation. Um, nobody gave us a shot. We came in there. We were off. We were fresh off that Virginia Tech uh, victory too. My my number five game. Um, you know, so going into that game, man, I remember, you know, I made Philly steaks and, you know, I, I went out and I just started cooking Philly steaks after. And, you know, we were just, I mean, just everybody that walked by, it was chest bumps and high fives and hell yes. And throwing up the use, um, you know, we're like, my God, we're, we're going to be ranked incredibly high, you know, probably three or two, uh, in college football playoff rankings. And, uh, you know, it was an amazing feeling. <laughs> It, unfortunately all my story and like literally it's amazing that you've gone through now four and you'll get your number one here in a second. And I was at none of these games that, that to me mm. is a little bit amazing and it's a detriment on what I was doing for work at the time. So once again, that weekend was my birthday. So I, <laughs> I so I guess if that's five years ago now, I was turning four at the time. So my wife understood the love for Miami uh, and, and how much I cared about them, but she didn't really understand uh, what that game in particular meant. She knew Florida State because that year she had gone to the Florida State game with me. She didn't understand Notre Dame. So anyway, she she kind of begged me, please, babe, don't go. The kids want to celebrate your birthday with you. This is our first year for your birthday being married. So I understood. So Friday night we had gone out and we partied like I was 28. I think we stayed out till like <laughs> 4 in the morning. And then yes. brought the party back, back to my house because I've got a nice basement. So all my buddies from the radio station, Rick Campbell, who's a good friend of mine, comes over. And we're in the basement partying. And all of a sudden, I look down and my phone's blowing. It's like 6.30 in the morning. Cutler Ridge Laz is texting me. Um, <laughs> all these other people I know from Miami are going, where the hell are you? I go, I'm in Atlanta. What do you mean? Dude, we're on campus. Game day is going to be here in a few hours. Like, they were going crazy. Going, dude, we need you down here. And I said, hey, look, I got a Falcons game tomorrow. I got kids. I've got everything else. So I ended up not being able to go. But so I, so that next day, I decide, hey, I'm going to throw a big house party. And I cook. I'm so nervous, Bird. When I say so nervous, from about 3 o'clock on, I'm outside cooking. And I'm just pacing back and forth on my deck to the point where my friends walk out and go, bro, are you okay? I'm like, just let me be. 
I'm in my zone right now. When Braxton <laughs> caught the first touchdown of that game, I'm 900% sure I blacked out. I screamed so loud, my whole body shut down. And the next day, the Falcons, I want to say we played the Vikings at home. And I come walking down the street. We had to park down the street for media parking because that, that was the first year in the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And the Georgia Dome was still rubble and everything wasn't really put together. And I've got a big-ass Miami turnover chain on, a Miami hat, a Falcon polo. And I come walking down the street talking to Hugh Douglas, who was on our pregame show. Hugh, what you know about them hurricanes? I walk into <laughs> West Durham, who everybody knows, and Dave Archer. I walk yeah. in, I said, bow down to you. It's bad. I'm making them put the chain on it. Dude, I, I can watch that game now, and I get tears every time Trajan Bandy takes that thing back. I can't oh, imagine man. what it was like in that stadium. Dude, it was unreal, man. It was unreal. Like I said, man, you know, it's really the only time in the last 20 years that I think we like, we truly believed, man. You know, so um, we just got to get that back, man. <laughs> you know, like just got to get it back. Yep. All right. So you ready for number one? What do you got as number one on the list? 2004 I'm ready Orange for number Bowl. One. 2004 Orange Bowl against FSU. 16 14. Jarrett Payton MVP, man. That game right there. Um, you know, we've, you know, Co and I have talked about this one on the, on the show a little bit, man, but that game really made me uh, fall in love uh, with the Canes, man. And, and really not just, you know, not just, you know, on the field. Cause I always loved the team on the field. I grew up kind of watching them and everything. Uh, but, you know, I went down there with, with some guys that, uh, that I was friends with. I was living up in New Smyrna beach at the time and um, you know, just made friends with these, these guys that were public's managers and just, just really bowed at Miami fans, man. And, you know, that day they really taught me how to be a fan, man, like going out. And I remember, I, you know, I think I've, I think I drink more beers than I ever have in my entire life. Cause you know, they taught me the, you know, beer, beer, bottled water <laughs> routine. Right. Which, uh, you know, is, 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 you know, I couldn't roll with it these days, but yeah. you know, back in the day, man, that's, that's how I got a bunch of them down. And, uh, you know, it was just a, it was just an amazing, um, you know, game. And of course, you know, I was, I was in the end zone. I scalped the ticket for, you know, what felt like a, a thousand bucks. Right. You know, it was probably, you know, 150 at the time or whatnot. Um, but I didn't care. Right. I was like, look, I'm going, it's a great seat. It's in the end zone. Um, you know, sat in the end zone and, uh, and right there, um, you know, when that, uh, when that thing sailed wide left, man, it was, uh, you know, I was right there. And I just remember, um, just running out of the stadium. I mean, hammered, right. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't, I don't control getting like that any longer in my life. But I was just to literally, I'm surprised I didn't get jumped on the way out because literally to every Florida State fan, I was just going in their face and doing the tomahawk chop. And uh, yeah, it was, but I mean, it was, it was amazing, man. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, probably a national championship game that we win in, in, in electric fashion could top it. But uh, that, that one right there, I mean, as soon as you mentioned that, I knew a game was going to be number one for me. <laughs> Gotta love that. You know, it's funny. You talk about the national title game. I'll give you, before we go to break, I'm going to give you my biggest regret as a Miami fan, my biggest regret for something that I've missed. Uh, I've only get to, I've only got to go to one national championship game. And that was in 1994 against Nebraska, which we lost. And the funny story behind that, I was a freshman in college in East Texas and I'm broke. You know, I, I, I would give blood to get money to go to the liquor store. I mean, that's that's how stupid we were. You get plasma. I think we got 20 <laughs> bucks. And we, back then, you could pony together like $2 worth of gas. And I was in a dry county. We'd go to the liquor store. We'd get liquor. We'd come back. That's how I had money. Well, Discover Card walks into our cafeteria in, like, October and says, hey, if you want a credit card, apply now and you'll have it before the holidays. 
So in the back of my mind, I'm like, Miami's ranked in the top five, and the championship game is probably going to be in the Orange Bowl this year. So anyway, I get the discovery card. Sure enough, it comes in November. The very first phone call I make is to the Orange Bowl. How, <laughs> how much are tickets? And I, I think back then for end zone tickets for what was the Orange Bowl, maybe 75 bucks each, maybe. Yeah, it was pretty cheap in 94. So I bought four tickets. Me, my mom, my aunt, may she rest in peace, who was a giant Miami fan. And I said, my aunt will bring one of her friends. It's on me. I'm big spender now. So I end up going to the championship game. We know how that all plays out. That happened to coincide with the first night I drank. I was hungover as can be from New Year's Eve the night before. Didn't know what a hangover was like because I never had a drop of alcohol before. Felt like crap the whole day. We go to the stadium, and then Miami loses. And I'm a 19-year-old kid just bawling my eyes out walking out of the stadium. So that was the only game I got to go to. My biggest regret is awful. So I moved to Atlanta in 98. And I found a University of Miami Atlanta alumni club, the Atlanta Canes now, which a lot of people know if you ever sure. come up here. Yeah. Got to know got to know a few of the guys there. And a buddy of mine, Raja, and a brother, buddy of mine, Rob, we all sat together at the table for our game watch parties every week. But I didn't really know them. I had only known them like a year. So we get to the championship game, and they're like, dude, we've got hookups. We've got buddy passes on Delta. You fly for 35 bucks each way. Tickets to the game were like 150 bucks, maybe. And they had a condo at a friend's house that they knew basically for free. And they were like, why don't you come to the game? Because I didn't really know the guys, I was like, do I want to spend a week in California with a couple of guys I don't know? And I said, yeah. I'm going to go home to Florida for, the, for, for Christmas break and not go. Fast forward 20 years later, 22 years later, Raja's one of my best friends. Rob was at my wedding. And they still bust my top for not going to the championship. Oh so, man! Uh, my 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 the moral to the story when it comes to that: when you have opportunities to do something, do not be afraid to go to them. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to give you my top five games attended list. We'll dive into some of that next. It's Kane Gang Radio Show, Dirty Bird and John Michaels here on Sirius XM Channel 145 and Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can cry tonight. I'm fine. 
stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. You, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't. All of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2.24.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Here on the Kane Gang Radio Show, Sirius XM Channel One this week, so we're having a good time here on Slam Radio. We're talking about our top five games attended, and Birds obviously had a great list of different games attended. I had to put a couple of honorable mentions on mine that I couldn't. Well, I gotta ask you. So I gotta ask you one question first. So you said you weren't you weren't at the first four of them. Were you at that two thousand four Orange Bowl? I was not. So you didn't so. make any of my top five. Oh my god, that's crazy! I thought you were going to be like, yeah, to all of them. <laughs> but yeah, also, so let's, what's let's, it? Let's see, I, would see if, I, I I would assume if your first game was in 04, 
that we may not have been to any games together when I put together my top five here oh, in just man. a second. So right. I want to give you the honorable mentions. Here's the honorable mentions, and I'll give a quick story on all of them. Miami FSU 2017 at Doe Campbell Stadium. So the backstory to that, we had lost seven in a row. Obviously, uh, Florida State was whooping our ass on a regular basis. That was the magical year of 2017. As I mentioned earlier, I had just got married that year. So my wife, who didn't grow up really a college football fan, she likes the Saints, um, which is my own fault for marrying her, but she's way hotter than I am, and you got to meet her. She's a good woman. Um, she had never been to a college game before. So I said, look, we're going to FSU. I don't care. It's a three-and-a-half-hour drive each way. We're driving down. We're going to the game. We're driving back. I have a Falcons game the next day. My best friend, Carnell, who I think you got to meet in, in Atlanta as well, he came with us. Drive down. We leave, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning, three-and-a-half hours. We get set up in Tallahassee about 11, 11.30, found a parking lot, sat there and tailgated with Canes fans. We all know how the game ends. Mind you, she's never been to a college football game, and it's 105 degrees in Tallahassee. <laughs> when they take the lead, I have a look that probably is akin to Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. I'm so livid. I'm just looking for somebody in garnet and gold to take out my frustrations <laughs> on. Her, this is when I knew I had the right woman. She turns and looks at me and goes, babe, they're going to win. I'm like, man, they beat us seven years in a row. If we lose to this crap, I can't go back home. I can't. Like, I'm ranting. Sure enough, Malik Rozier and Braxton Berrios and, and Daryl Langham take us down and win. She has pictures of Carnell and I, grown-ass men, 42, 41 years old, 38, however old, boo-hoo crying. I mean, I have tears streaming down my face. And she looks at me and goes, are you really crying over college football? Yes. I said, you just don't get it. And that was the first time she got to know what Miami and Florida State was all about. And she knows now when Miami plays FSU, don't mess with me. Either go to the game with me and cheer or leave me alone. So that's honorable mention. I had to mention that one just because it was her first game ever. But number five on my list, you, you, you were a Canes fan by then. Do you remember the 2005 game at Clemson that went to triple overtime? Uh, yes. Tyrone Moss went for like a buck 30 and three scores. Kenny Phillips, who was a true freshman, uh, ended up with a game ceiling interception in triple overtime. Charlie Whitehurst was their quarterback. I had never been to Clemson before. Clemson's 90 miles from the ATL. And I had a bunch of buddies that are Clemson alum. So they go, we'll get their words. Well, we'll get us good tickets for this game. When I say we sat two rows below the sun on the top of Death Valley, the hottest game, the second hottest game I've ever been to in my life. And the worst part is the night before we had gone up to Clemson and got obliterated. Like yeah. one of those drunk nights where the next day you got bubble guts all day and oh. you can't drink enough water and it's hot and it's miserable. But it was an un unbelievable game to go to. Their fans at the time, because they were still weren't championship Clemson, they just kind of sat back and they were very complimentary to us. Yeah. Now that came, that was the one where we came off of uh, the season opening game against FSU, right up yes. there where we like, it was like 15 points total score. It was, I know I think it was seven oh, to, 10. to seven. Yeah. 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 And we lost that game. That was absolutely brutal. That was a Labor Day night game. Brian Monroe, who I know has been on the show and is a great oh, yeah. dude drops the snap. Kyle Wright got sacked yeah. 135 times in that game. Yeah, It was a rough one, man.
it was terrible. But we did bounce back the next week and beat Clemson 05. You would not have happened to be at that game, would you? Mm-mm. What about 17 Florida State? Were you at that game? Oh, 17 Florida State? Uh yeah. no, no, no. Up there? No. No. The 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 Daryl Langham with the grab. No, we had a we had a watch party at the house. I mean, you know, I've got a buddy of mine who, you know, one of my closest friends who um is a Florida State fan. And uh, you know, we usually try to watch a game either either together at the game or, you know, we'll have a watch party. And uh, you know, he was kind of beating his chest. This is what we do, y'all can't beat us, blah, blah, blah. Especially because he was giving me the the block at the rock crap from the uh, oh. from the year before in sixteen, which was which was a, just a brutal way to to lose that game after the uh, Stacy Coley touchdown and um, you know just letting that uh, that guy forty four I think his name was Walker um, you know pop in there and uh, and block that thing man that was uh, that was rough but uh, yeah yes um, yeah it was an intense one <laughs> yeah that that was a great one so my number four and you know this was a little before your time but it was. The first time my mom ever let me go to a game by myself, I was 16, I guess. I don't think I had turned 17 yet. And Miami played Penn State at high noon in the Orange Bowl in 1991. Gino Toretto was the quarterback. Kevin Williams had a punt return touchdown. And I'll never forget, me and my buddy Mario, we lived in West Palm at the time. I didn't know enough about driving to the Orange Bowl by myself to where I had confidence to drive. So we we had the genius idea. We're going to take the tri-rail down from Palm Beach, which going down was an awesome idea. It was like, I don't know, it was like five bucks maybe to jump on the train and go down. And we get on the train at like 830 because it's a noon kick and it's nothing but Miami fans. And you get off and it's an easy bus ride over to the Orange Bowl. And this is great. Didn't realize we had back row when I say back row we sat up against the chain link fence in the upper deck of the old OB that's all we could afford I think our tickets were like 30 bucks we sat there and him and I both painted our faces orange and green so I had one side of my face orange one side of it green and Miami wins the game I think 26 to 20 here's where the story gets harrowing (laughs) the tri-rail at the time was not as and I don't know how convenient it is now I think this is the last time I ever rode the (laughs) tri-rail Going back, there was one train that left at like four. The next train didn't leave till 7 p.m. <laughs> well, needless to say, with a noon kick in the Orange Bowl and leaving with traffic and the bus and everything else, we missed the four o'clock train. Got to the train station about 4.30 and they go, yeah, the next train comes at seven. So we had to sit at a train, wherever the hell the tri-rail station is in Miami. I think yep. it's right there when you get off 8th Street. I think that's where the tri-row, right by the police station is. We literally had to sit on the loading dock. No food, no water, no nothing for two and a half to three hours. Then take the hour oh. and a half train ride back to Palm Beach. Let's just say oh, I never man. did that again. So that season, and I was, you know, as you're talking here, I'm pulling up that season. You know, and I, I mean, I was, uh, I was nine years old at the time, I think. Um, but that's one where I look at our results for that year. Mm-hmm. And. I know we always talk about 2001 being, you know, the greatest team ever assembled because all the NFL talent. But if you look at the sheer dominance that that 91 team had, I mean, you know, the, that Penn state game was the most points anybody scored on us with 20, everything else. I mean, you know, there was two shutouts three times. We had, we let the other team score three twice was 10 points. And then a handful of other games, 12, 14, 16, um, you know, one got nine against us. I mean, when you look at that team, though, and the the guys that were on that team, you know, 
that could arguably one be one of the greatest teams in the in the history of college football, man. Yeah, it was fantastic. Gino, uh, the ruthless posse. It was Lamar Thomas, Horace Copeland. I forgot yeah. who the third receiver was on that. You know, you had big Steve McGuire running the football. I think yeah. Mario was on the team. Mario he was. Yep. was he was a starting tackle. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So defensive side, you had Rusty Medeiros. You had the the Bermuda Triangle with um, with our guys uh, Barrow Smith and Armstead. Yep. I forgot who's in this. I think Daryl uh, Oliver. Was it Ryan McNeil? Daryl Oliver. Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. Williams. Sorry, Daryl Williams. Williams. Of the yep. Yep. How, Ryan how about, McNeil, who ended how, up playing in the NFL. That was a great football game. Yeah. How about this for a D lineman too? Dwayne the Rock Johnson, baby. <laughs> All ninety four. Nice. Who are the starters? Was that Russell Maryland was drafted in ninety? Who were the starters at, at D line on that team? Well, I've got it on uh, on the Wikipedia page right now, and it's kind of an incomplete roster on here. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you got Armstead, Barrow, Smith, right? That Bermuda Triangle, Darrell Williams, Ryan McNeil, um, but the only D lineman that's listed. Well, there's Robert Davis, who I wasn't familiar with him, Robert J. Davis, and then uh, and then of course the Rock on here as well. So I think it's missing uh, it's missing some guys on there. But, you know, it's funny that's also now because I that uh, that November sixteenth game against Florida State though that's the the rock highlight where he's uh, where he's sacking Charlie Ward you know that's always it that's in the beginning of the the show ballers and all too so that's good stuff man that game by the way the the ninety one Florida State game was November sixteenth three days after my seventeenth birthday and I I always love to tell stories how Miami was just part of my life. And I'm looking yeah. back at some of the D-line. Anthony Hamlet, Rusty Medeiros, Mark mm. Caesar. I remember 76. Uh, Eric yeah. Miller, Pat Riley. Not the yeah. biggest names at D-line, but you had some really, really – Hurley Brown played on that team. Charles Farms, who would knock your ding-ding in the dirt when he would hit yeah, you. Charles so anyway, Farms my was the man. Birthday, Oh, yeah. My 17th birthday was, as I mentioned, uh, my birthday's in November. So November 16th, I wake up, noon kick, one versus two, Miami FSU. I'm planning on watching it in our living room. We had like the big old 22 inch TV back then, uh, which was huge for those time. And all of a sudden my friends start showing up at my house at like two, two 30. What the hell's going on here? My mom had decided to throw a surprise birthday party for me. Well, now we're in the fourth <laughs> quarter of Miami FSU one verse two. And I've got a house full of people that I don't, they're my best friends in the world. And I don't want to see them. I'm like, dude, this is Miami FSU. We're losing. We win the game, obviously, on the missed field goal. And I leave. I run out of the house, jump in my car, and just leave. And back then, there's no – I come home maybe an hour later. My mom goes, where the hell did you go? I said I was so excited I couldn't be around people. I just had to ride around and listen to a post-game show on the radio. That leads me – that leads me to number three on my list. So I've had cl- – Clemson 05, my, Penn State 91, games we've attended. Number three, Miami FSU 2002 in the Orange Bowl. Okay. Wide left one. Yes. So, always stories behind why these games are my favorite. Uh, one of my good friends up here, Jamal, again, not a college football fan, Bird, had never been to a Miami game. And I go, dude, if you're going, you're going to Miami FSU. Sure. I said, this will be a blowout. You know, I'm thinking Miami's one, Florida State's like 12th. We'll run them out of town. We had blown them out no one. Drive down, go to the game. We almost get arrested three different tri- times trying to buy scout tickets outside yeah. the Orange Bowl. We're like undercovers came and rushed the scalpers, and we had to run away. We end up finally buying four tickets, get in. 
my poor boy Jamal doesn't realize how hot it is in Miami. And literally in the third quarter, he spends the entire third quarter in the bathroom with his head under one of the sinks trying to cool off. But he was dying. (laughs) And then we obviously know how it ends up. The McGahee screen, Jason Gathers with the touchdown, Sean Taylor, the late great, decapitates P.K. Sam, and Xavier Batio, wide left, crying on the field. One of the greatest moments of my life. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, that uh, that sun in the Orange Bowl was was no joke, man. You better be conditioned. And the thing was, everybody used to drink out so much out in the out in everybody's yards, and they'd come in there, and those those noon one o'clock kickoffs, man, would uh, oh man, they were brutal. <laughs> like uh, they they were some of the worst, to be honest. Oh, the noon kicks, and dude. back then the TV networks loved to have the best games at noon. So Miami was on at noon a lot. Now, it gave us a great – like, let's be real. It gave us a great home field advantage. Uh, those other teams would melt. You'd see fans passing out. I mean, it was it was amazing to watch. But as a, as a yeah. fan, thank goodness I was in my 20s then and not where I am now because I think I would have died once or twice in the old OB. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, man. That's, yeah, it's, uh, it's wild. <laughs> All right, number two on my list, and and, and mo- the rest of them are all at Miami. 2003, Miami, Florida. Ooh, we have seen this okay. game. The Devin the Hester game. Yeah, Devin Hester starts the game with a kick return for touchdown. Uh, Sean Taylor almost returns the next kickoff for a touchdown. And then Miami's down 33-10, to 10, and you're looking around going, what in the hell is going on? We're losing to Ingle Martin. Channing Crowder happened to be on that team, which I give Crowder crap all the time because we came back and beat him. Uh, we couldn't stop him. We're literally booing Brock Berlin out of the stadium. And Larry Coker, to our dismay, puts him back out there down 33-10. to 10. And then he finds Kevin Beard for a touchdown. It's 33-18. to 18. And then he throws a dart to Kevin Beard, and Frank Gore punches in, and it's 33-25. And then we go down and score, I think uh, – Ryan Moore catches a touchdown to make it 30, 30, uh, 33 to 31 or something like that. And we missed the two point conversion. And then and Frank Gore sprints in for the touchdown and we're up 38, whatever it is, 38, 33, I think is, is, is the final score. And Florida yeah, people yeah. forget they march down and they're at about the 20 yard line with a chance to win it. And Alfonso Marshall picks off Chris Leak. And that's when Brock Berlin does the greater chomp and the throat slash. It was. Oh. Awesome, man! The, I love it. The best part about that bird is my mother, who is now seventy years old. So what is that? Seventeen years ago, she's in her late fifties. Then she tells some Florida fans that are sitting in front of us, "Sit your trailer trash ass down and shut yeah, up. I love and it, look, man." They look back, and my tattooed ass is standing up. Don't say anything to my mom. And I'm like, "Mom, could you chill out? I don't want to have to fight everybody in here, and yeah. I don't want to end up in jail." Mama, Mama Michaels don't play, huh? She's still a it. nut. It's 70 years old. I don't want to take her to games now. She's insane. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. She's got to come. Maybe, maybe. Is she up there in Atlanta with you or where, where is she living? She lives in Savannah, actually. She's a uh, traveling nurse that lives in Savannah. She's Every year she goes, all right, are we going to FSU? So oh, I man. told her this year because it's a week before my birthday, again, November game. She goes, we have to go to Florida State. Dude, all right, we'll it. go. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta hang with your mom, man, for sure. And uh, or maybe even even if she just comes to the Georgia Tech game, man, if she comes and sees you and the kids and all that, um, that'd be dope. You're coming to Georgia Tech, right? 
I got you, man. Atlanta's dude, Atlanta's so easy to get to, man. I mean, you know, with that with that airport, man. I mean, it's you know, nonstop flights every every hour to to get there from you know, Orlando, Atlanta, Miami, whatever airport, you know, um, it's it's too easy to get to, too cheap. I'm there. And then the best thing about Georgia Tech fans, uh, by that time of the year, they'll be like three and seven. It, for 50 <laughs> bucks, you could actually go on the field and play for Georgia Tech. So <laughs> there's no problem <laughs> for that game at all. So that leads me to number one. And, and I'll oh, give you one guess. I'll give you one guess which team it's against. Unfortunately, it is Florida State. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not Notre Dame 1989. Um, that's a game that I wish I would have been able to attend, but uh, again, money was not, not on our side back in 1989 when we beat number one, Notre Dame at the old OB, but number one, and this was my first ever Miami Florida state game live. It hmm. was the 2000 classic wide, right? Number three. Oh. So I don't know if I've told, I, th- I may have told the story last week. Uh, or a couple of weeks ago about coming down for that game. And a buddy of mine knew a bunch of the dancers from Rachel's right there in Palm Beach. Oh, yes. This is the one about tennis towers, right? Yes. Well, you were in the middle of your story, and I wanted to tell you this on the air the other day. But, but like, you know, when I first, like, started hanging out with my wife, man, I mean, you know, she was down in West Palm. She worked at the Breakers Hotel and the spa and all that stuff, right? And she used to live in tennis towers. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, because when we, you know, when we first, uh, you know, got pregnant and everything, we were looking at places. She's like, oh, yeah, I used to live in these places called the Tennis Towers. So when you brought that up, I was like, oh, man. So I actually played that part of the show for her, and she was cracking up. She's like, yeah, we were kind of wild back there in the, in the Tennis Towers, man. So Tennis Towers <laughs> was the hookup capital of the world. My wife is there, so she can't hear it. Uh, when I'd go down to Florida, and I wasn't with her then, so I was plenty single. My buddy Dave and Carlos, who, who were roommates, I'd be like, look, I need one of your beds for like 13 to 18 minutes. That's all I need. I just need something to happen here. That's it. Let's keep it real. That's all it's going to take. You need 13 to 18, bro. I need five to seven, man. Well, <laughs> we were talking about getting to know somebody first. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, we had this party the night before, and we were hammered. And we go down to Miami FSU, and we're literally sitting third row. And it's and the pictures I have from that game, and this will tell you how far technology has come in 22 years. I brought one of those box cameras to the game. So <laughs> I don't know the- <laughs> yep, <laughs> doing that. Uh, my buddy Dave, who's a Florida State fan, my buddy Frank, who I grew up with, FSU fan, Carlos, Miami fan. I'm a Miami fan. My buddy Trent, who was my roommate in college, Miami fan. The other 12 people I didn't know, or the other eight people I didn't know, were all FSU fans. So we're basically sitting in an FSU conglomeration, me, Carlos, and Trent with our Miami stuff on. And we all know how the game goes, and we know how hot it was, and all the classic stories that come from that. That was the first time. It wasn't the first time. It was the first live game that I legit cried at. When he missed that field goal, A, I tried to jump onto the Orange Bowl field. And there was a very nice Miami Day police officer standing there or not even saying he was sitting on top of a horse. And he goes, sir, please don't jump on the field. He goes, celebrate with your friends. Cause if you come up down here, you're going to go to jail. And he goes, I just want you to have a good time. So he, he looked out for me, stopped me from getting arrested. And I'm legit crying. Like I can't believe we just <laughs> team in the country because people forget going into that 2000 season. It had been, you know, since the 94 game, since we had really competed for a national time, I know uh, 99, we were good, but we lost four games. 2000, we had lost that Washington game, and I kind of knew. I said, if we lose FSU, season's over. But if we beat FSU, 
we're back to being Miami for real. And we took care of Chris Winkie and, oh, my goodness, the ride back home that night was glorious with all these FSU fans. We cranked up WQAM as loud as we could put it. We're listening to the postgame show. And every time any of our, our FSU fans would say something, I'd be like, shut up. You just missed another kick yeah. wide right. It's one of the greatest things ever. Yeah, you know, and that game was also the one as, as well where when, when you look at um, the fact that, you know, everybody always says, oh, the worst moment was that 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 bad call in the uh, Ohio State game, right, in the 2001 Ohio State game. Even more than a tragedy was when we beat number one Florida, right, or excuse me, number one Florida State, uh, and then we came back, we didn't get the opportunity to play for the national championship game that year, right, and they did, you know. That was, uh, that was terrible, man. But we did get to smoke – Florida in New Orleans. I mean, we beat them on and off the field that year. So that was, that was a little bit of a nice consolation, man. But uh, that was was when you knew the BCS was pretty close to being dead. You know, Miami beats FSU. We also beat number three or number two, Virginia tech about a month later. Yeah. Yeah, We lost Washington who ended up finishing fourth, but it's like, okay, our schedules are comparable with FSU. We each have one loss, but their losses to us. How can you put them in? And they, you know, they lied to us about the computer and everything else. We would have beat the hell out of Oklahoma that year. There's oh, yeah. no doubt in my mind. That would have been an absolute blowout. So I hope that was a good trip down memory lane for everybody. Just Great. fun stories, you know, times that we were at games. We'd love to meet a bunch of you guys. Give us a follow at John Michaels U at Dirty Bird, three Y's right there. You can find us on Twitter, all your major social media platforms. I know Co's having a great time tonight, but that's it. That's the end of the show. We're out of here. We'll be back next week. A lot to get into next week. Hopefully the baseball team gets back on track. We'll talk more transfer portal and a bunch of other good stories to come. For Dirty Bird, it's Shawn Michaels for Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145. Have a great rest of your day. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.